This is Todd from the Junkyard Outreach. Welcome and thanks for joining me. For more information and episodes, check out junkyardoutreach.com. Racism from a Believer's Perspective, Part 1. Ephesians 6.11, put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. Racism is another scheme of the devil to manipulate and curse mankind. God allows the devil to do his destructive work throughout the planet to show us our need for him and his righteousness. Humans seem to enjoy unrighteousness to the point where we defend it against those who would call us on it. That is until the evil begins to overtake us and then things change. This happened to me. The unrighteousness I thoroughly enjoyed and delved headfirst into at one point in my life suddenly began to haunt me and push my mind toward a level of unrighteousness that I did not want to venture into. It was terrifying. My only solution in my mind was to go to church because I couldn't stop this thing, whatever it was. And I had a strong sense Even though I was not a religious person, never grew up in church, I knew that going to church was the answer. The problem was that church was not the answer, and the evil still existed, though I must admit, attending a theologically dead church seemed to help keep the evil at bay. I knew it was still there, though. So long story short, when I began to learn the scriptures, I realized that I had invited that evil in through my love of unrighteous adventures. I loved it loved to party, loved to go do the craziest things. I just loved it. And I cried out to Jesus, and the evil left. It still rears its ugly head, but I know now it's just another scheme of the enemy, and I can fight it successfully with the power of God that is available to those who belong to God. We can't stop racism as a society because our society is wicked, and racism is wicked, so the two go hand in hand. We can't stop racism as a church because most of the professing church is on spiritual life support. They're just about dead. We can't stop racism with legislation because racism involves morality, and our government is not in the business of promoting morality because morality quickly boils down to people's values that comes from faith, and faith is out of the question. When it comes to legislation, they will cry separation of church and state so fast it'll make your head spin. So we see our government incapable of legislating anything moral, but they are very capable of legislating immorality, and they do that continually. So for those who see racism as evil, what do we do? Well, first we need to understand the battle and fight it with the correct weaponry. This is my take on it. You may or may not agree, but I am convinced that it's the right path. Any spiritual battle I face must begin with my own understanding of the sin that is in me. Like Paul the Apostle, he writes to the believers in Rome, in Romans chapter 7, verse 15, For I do not understand my own actions, for I do not do what I want, but I do the very thing that I hate. And he makes this argument that sin still exists in his mortal being. It's not something that when I become a follower of Jesus, that Jesus pulls all the sin out of my life and I'm perfect. That's not the way it works. What happens is the Holy Spirit then comes into my life. I connect with God through faith, and the Holy Spirit, as I cry out to him, flushes out the evil. He gives me strength to resist the evil that's within me. But understand, the evil is still there. As believers, we still have these mortal bodies, and within our natural mind are many natural thoughts driven by our own flesh, our own desires, our own intellect, all that. And we naturally are driven to self-preserve, meaning that I need to take care of me all the time, because if I don't, then something bad may happen to me. I always want what's best for me, so it's a me, me, me thing. That's our natural instinct, is to take care of myself. 
and anything strange or unfamiliar, I'm going to automatically default to protecting myself from that thing. I'm going to be leery of it. That's a survival thing. Imagine a little kid just walking up to a a big snake going, hey, that looks kind of cool, and, and grabbing the snake. You know, there's some things you need to be leery of. That's just a natural survival instinct that's embedded into our conscience. If something's different, if something's not really familiar, then stay back and get a better look at it. And if that thing is a person, then I'm going to be skeptical of him or her until I'm satisfied that I'm safe around that person, or that person can get me something that I want, or that I actually find I like that person. Until then, that person is arm's length minimum. I don't want to be around them, because in my mind, they're a threat. So run the scenario through your head of a person entrenched in a culture where all the people in the community that that person grew up were of one race. Then that person enlists in the military where they are suddenly thrust into an environment packed with diversity. Who do you think that person will gravitate toward? Probably those that he initially feels comfortable being around, namely those of the same race. And I saw this firsthand in basic training. I grew up going to schools that were primarily white but had a diverse student body. My city was considered the low-life city in our area because we had the minority population. The other cities around us had no minorities or very few of them. And if they did, they were successful and business-level people. And it was obvious when I would speak to people from the surrounding cities and they found out where I lived, they'd be like, ooh, isn't it dangerous there? What they didn't realize is that our particular diverse class was a very close-knit group of people. Even today at our high school reunions, the last one I went to a few years ago, same thing. We all come together. We tell our old stories and all that. And it's a very racially diverse group. And we care about each other. and We respect one another. And it's a great thing. So I grew up that way. When I went into basic, I didn't have those hang-ups. I had the privilege of growing up surrounded by people that were different from me. And when you get into a situation like basic training, you can tell those who are really uncomfortable with other races right off the bat. And it wasn't just white guys either. Other people of other races did the same things. They gravitate towards those that are like themselves. It's a natural behavior to surround yourself with people that you feel comfortable with. And if we don't feel comfortable with certain people, we're going to avoid them. That's just the way it is. We need to understand that diversity is God's design. Division is not. And if the professing church could understand this and make an effort to diversify our circle of friends individually, if the people in the church, not the church corporately, individually, we could devastate racism in our country, but we won't. Why? I think it's because so many pastors will not teach the Word of God in context and in spirit and in truth. It's offensive to so many people, and you want to keep those people there because they keep the money coming in, they keep the church happy, they keep the salaries up, all that stuff. So there's this business management concept that goes through the minds of a lot of people in ministry, and that is we have to keep our church running. We have to bring more people in. And if we bring more people in, then we're going to bring more money in, which is not necessarily true. And the focus is completely off of Jesus and on the church. And those pastors that are faithful, that are teaching the Word in context, balanced, in love, those are the pastors that their churches are going to be blessed. And just because you're not bursting at the seams doesn't mean that your church is not blessed. And just because you have a church that is bursting at the seams doesn't mean your church is not wicked. It comes back down to, who are we serving? What's our focus? And if we want to begin to address this plaguing issue of racism, which has been around forever, we have to address the sin in our own hearts, because that's where the solution is going to begin with each individual believer moved by the Holy Spirit, repenting of their sin, crying out, saying, God, use me in this area. And guess what? Those people that are different from you, 
those people of different races. Now we're going to start befriending them and inviting them to our homes and hanging out with them and learning to love them and embrace them. But the beginning is acknowledging our own wickedness and rottenness in our own hearts. You can pump everybody up to do a program or something like this, but it's not going to last. But you start getting people to recognize the rottenness in their own heart and turning from that wickedness, that's when you're going to see amazing things happen. So it also helps to look at the end. Look at the judgment. Getting all that evil out of our hearts now is going to help us be better witnesses for Christ. It's going to draw us closer to God. But think about eternity. Think about all of the things that we have in our hearts right now that God's going to look at and go, why did you hang on to that? It's like hanging on to cancer. So if we acknowledge that, yes, I have wickedness in my heart, it is bad, I don't want this anymore, if we can get our minds to continually think that way, and that's a will issue. God says that we need to be holy, but we don't want to be holy. But when we get our mind focused on being holy and trusting God, then we will begin to see a move of God in our own lives. And we will begin to experience the love of God moving in a new way towards new people. And as we step out in faith and embrace the Holy Spirit's leading, we will begin to enrich our circle of friends with diversity, with different races, different culture, with different language, with different everything. And it's good because God is the creator of all. We were all made in his image, every one of us. There is a solution. That solution begins with every person saying, I'm going to make a difference. And the more people do that, the more victory we can have in this issue. Thank you.